Welcome to Together Apart. If you and your significant other spend a lot of time apart due to traveling or demanding schedule, this is the show for you. Dr. Christina Real is a psychologist whose husband works out of state half the year. She brings her personal experience and expertise in dealing with that reality to this show. She and her guests give you practical tools and solutions so you can navigate the unique challenges of sticking together while you're apart. Now, here's Together Apart, hosted by Dr. Christina. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Together Apart podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina, and today, along with my guest, Jen Mislinski, we're going to be talking about self-care. By the end of this episode, you will know what self-care is and what self-care isn't. You'll also be able to understand more about the myths related to self-care, and you'll be able to put together a plan for yourself to be able to engage in more self-care, even if you have a busy schedule. I'm so excited to introduce my special guest for this episode, Jen Mislinski. She is a nationally certified counselor with a master's degree in counseling. She's trained in the family systems theory and has worked with couples and families throughout her career. Currently, she works in addictions counseling and is focused specifically on family dynamics and helping the whole family heal. Jennifer lives in Pittsburgh with her two small children and her husband who travels for work half the year. Welcome, Jen, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Your husband travels as much as mine does. So tell me a little bit about how you experience the challenges of self-care within your relationship. So my husband travels about 40-50% of the time. And a lot of the challenges that we face to like you, Christina, are that we don't know when he's going to go. So I keep get a phone call tonight and have to leave tomorrow and buys a one-way ticket and doesn't know when he's coming back. So a lot of times there's no time to plan for him being away. Uh, where we are currently living, we do not have any family to help. Mm-hmm. So, and <laughs> when he is away, I'm it. We have two young children. So I am mom. I am keeper of the house, taking care of the dog, like everything falls on my shoulders and I don't really have anybody to lean on for support when he's away. You are the keeper of all things. I was the keeper of all things and self-care 100% went by the wayside when we first started on this journey as I was trying to figure out how to navigate all of this basically on my own while he was traveling. Being that you and I are both in the mental health care field, we have the advantage of knowing a lot about self-care and it's, I think, been helpful helpful for for me to go back to basics and really understand what is self-care and what isn't self-care because they're both important to get a grasp of. Absolutely. A lot of times I talk to my clients about self-care. There is this common misconception that self-care means bubble bath and massages and get away with the girls for the weekend. Hey, those are nice. Those are really nice (laughs) if you can swing them, but... (laughs) I could not. <laughs> Me either. I could not have time for any of that stuff. So I had to adjust my expectations and my definition of what is self-care. It's wonderful if it can be those things, but for a lot of people, and especially during the week, especially if you're also working, those things are just not realistic. So what it can actually be is just 10 minutes of silence or reading a book. I mean, it it could really just be 10 minutes. Like, I think people have this idea that self-care needs to be hours of time spent doing something that you enjoy or something by yourself. I have found that I don't really need hours and hours while they are nice. So, I mean, just like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. At the end of the night after I put the kids down, I get like an hour to myself and I look forward to it all day. 
especially when your spouse is not home, you have free reign to do whatever you want in that hour. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to watch a show that your spouse doesn't like or sit quietly. The Great British Bake Off. <laughs> yours? Yes. I'm watching all the Grey's Anatomy reruns. See? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, or even if you want to just like go to bed early. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel guilty like, oh, I should probably stay up and spend some time with my spouse. Well, if they're not there and your self-care is that you need more sleep, then go to bed right after your kids. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, the, the, the boil down point here is that self-care can be kind of anything that takes care of your mental, emotional and, and or physical health. Self-care is is not selfish, which is another one of those myths that I think come up really, really often. I, I usually with my clients will use the you can't pour from an empty cup analogy. You just can't. I say that all the time. If you try, everybody's getting a burnt out version of you. So if self-care is selfish, you know, we don't we what are we going to do for ourselves? How are we going to function? We as people can't be expected to just keep going and going and we're not the energizer bunny, you know, (laughs) just keep going, just keep going. No, we need to take care of ourselves. And, you know, you bring up this great point of it doesn't have to be a spa day. I often take the time that I'm in the shower to listen to my favorite music and I'm already showering. So it's like building in self-care if you don't have a lot of time to those things that you're already doing. I'm I'm going to shower. Why? Because it's part of my physical hygiene, right? It's it's expected. It's what I do. And so I take that time and I say, how can I make this even better? <laughs> and I'll use it for self-care. Absolutely. Yeah. Taking time that you're already using, doing something else and like plugging in some self-care is great. Like one of my favorite things to do is I have a couple of friends that do not live nearby Mm-hmm. And so when I'm driving to work, I call them. Mm-hmm. I'm driving to work anyway. Most of the time they are also driving to work. And we use that time uninterrupted without kids in the background to just connect with each other and chat. And I always feel so much better whenever I like get to work and I'm like, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It fills my cup back up. Right? Uh-huh. Just, going back to what you were saying before about being the Energizer Bunny, is that I always say like, we, I like this battery analogy, right? That we have, when we wake up in the morning, our battery is full and everything that we go through during the day depletes our battery. And if by the end of the day, your battery is in the red, <laughs> you need to do something yeah. to recharge yourself, whether it's go to bed or you know any of the other things that we've been talking about, like you've got to do something to recharge. And so part of the challenge there is like figuring out what those things are that recharge your battery. Right, right. You know, I like this analogy because there are certain things that recharge your battery and there are certain things that deplete your battery strongly. So part of self-care can actually be saying no, like creating a list of no, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z thing, whether it's I'm not going to be checking emails late at night or I'm not going to answer my phone during dinner. I'm not going to stay up past a certain hour at night. We often think about self-care as only the things that recharge that battery. But I love that with that analogy, you can say, okay, what are the things that really suck your suck your battery charge and how can you 
if you can, how can you um, help to remove some of that? Um, and that's self-care too. We've been talking a lot about what it is, but how, how, do, how do we know when self-care needs to be addressed? Like what are the warning signs that something needs to change? I think that that looks different for everybody. Some of the telltale signs for me is that I start to get resentful of my spouse. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a couple other people that are in a similar situation with, and we find that we get resentful towards our spouse because they, while they are traveling for work, they are getting a break from the home routine and the home schedule and maybe parenting if you have children. And so even though they are working, they're still getting a break from all mm-hmm. that we don't get a break from. So we're not, right. you know, doing things that recharge our battery or fill our cup back up. Then it's very easy to be resentful mm-hmm. spouse. So I know that if I'm starting to feel that way, that I need to probably a communicate that to him and he do something for myself. And when I say communicate that, I mean like, you know, very healthy eye statement sort of way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I'm, we touched on that in episode two or three, three, I think episode three talking about communication and it, and you, you bring up this great point of, okay, when I notice these red flags within myself, not only do I need to do something, but I should also communicate them to my spouse because of that feeling of resentment. Resentment is a big part of the challenge of being apart. Whether you have kids or you're you're you know you're married without kids or you're in a relationship without kids, you can find yourself feeling resentful mm-hmm. because you're left alone, you mm-hmm. know, and because you're running the house and you're doing all of these things and if you communicate that and know that's one of your warning signs that you need self-care, then your spouse should be really aware that that's a that's a signal that that's something that needs to be addressed. I think that also end up like spills over into your kids, or at least it does for me. Like, sure, find that if I'm being you know short and I'm very irritable with my kids and I'm like mm-hmm. burnt and I'm drained and I'm right. taking down on them, and that means that's usually a red flag for me as well. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Like, like you did nothing, and well, I'm sure normal kid things, but. <laughs> <laughs> But like you said, it is so different for everybody. And the examples that you gave are really universal. And it can it can be as simple as you feeling extra tired. It can be feeling like you don't want to engage in social activities, like you can't focus as well as you normally would be able to. And, and concentration can go by the wayside. So we've talked a lot about this idea of creating a self-care strategy for yourself, understanding and knowing what your warning signs are for needing to improve or change your self-care strategies. But it's really helpful to also have a few tools in your toolkit to start to develop that self-care plan for yourself and to start to understand how to make time for that. Because let's be honest, we are all extremely busy. And I think the biggest reason that a lot of my clients tell me that they can't have self-care is because of time. That's the biggest excuse for lack of a better word that I mm-hmm. hear too. And even from myself as well, like, well, I can't do time. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. You do. We just have to figure out some tools so that you can, you make time for what's important. And so if you prioritize your self-care, you will make time for it. One of the tools that I use when my spouse is away is that I, it took me a little while to figure it out. It was kind of a trial and error trying to figure out a schedule and a routine for when my spouse is away. 
So when my husband is traveling, um, I now have a set way that things run, you know, off the bus, homework, dinner, tubs, and my, so that my children know what to expect mm-hmm. when daddy's away so that I can move through those transitions with them more easily. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll go more smoothly. And so that at the end of the night, when I get them into bed, I end up with some time for myself and I end up with some time where I'm not, uh, my battery's in the red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things that I know that drains my battery significantly is trying to corral my kids into bedtime. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> Another great tool that I advise my clients to use a lot is we make a finding balance list. So the first thing you do is you make a list of all the things that you need to do, have to be done, have to put the kids to bed, I have to put the garbage out, something like mm-hmm. that. So all the things that you need to do, and then a list of all the things that you want to do. And those are your self-care things. Like, I want to sit down and read a book. I want to sit down and do a 10-minute guided meditation. Um, I want to call my friend and catch up. You know, And you make a list of those things. And then this is the key part. Is The third part of this is that you make a list of all the things that you can stop doing so that you can make time for the things that you want to do, those self-care activities. So those can be things like binge watching. Social media. <laughs> Like social media, mindlessly scrolling on Facebook. If you just take a look at your day, I'm sure that you can find things that you're doing that you can allocate that time in a much more, in a healthier way, in a fulfilling way. There's definitely things that we can all cut out so that we can make time for ourselves. I often think about how much bang for your buck are you getting in the things that you're doing? So for example, I like to go on walks with, um, with our son especially when Matt's gone because it it just helps us to recharge and reset. And I actually teach him a mindfulness routine when we're walking. So I will use mindfulness-based principles to talk about, hey, do you notice the leaves changing? Or hey, do you notice the different sounds that the animals are making? And I call his attention while calling my attention to the things that are in the present. And I mean, I could, I could just take a walk around the block, right? I, I, and that would be nice. Mm-hmm. But by adding the extra layer, I'm actually providing myself with some self-care for me and some really nice practices for him Absolutely. all at the same time. There are some challenges, though, that come up, I think, specifically with this together apart sort of situation where your spouse travels often. And I don't know about you, but I often find that when... When Matt comes home and I all of a sudden have this opportunity to spend time with him, I start to feel very guilty by taking any time to do something for me. I remember feeling very guilty about going out with a friend that I hadn't seen in, I think, over a year because I wanted to spend time with Matt because he had been gone. And ultimately, you know what? I chose to go out with my friend and I had to sort of sit with some feelings of guilt, but I did it anyway. Sometimes we have this misconception that if we feel guilty about something, we can't do it. Right. Um, And that feeling guilty means something is bad, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily the case. You know, it, it may just be 
two competing desires or two competing wants. And it may be okay to feel a little bit guilty, but to take the time for self-care anyway. There was a time when I would feel guilty for wanting to go to a dentist appointment without kids in tow or Mm -hmm. get my hair cut. And I was like, when am I going to find time for this stuff? Because again, as I mentioned before, we don't have any other support here. So in this best way, it's just me. Um, So one of the the things that we started to do is we use the shared calendar on our phones. Mm -hmm. I have something that I want to do like, go get my hair cut or go to the chiropractor. I will put it on the calendar. Um, and then in capital letters, like before I even write what it is, I write Corey home. (laughs) (laughs) And My spouse is, uh, fortunate enough that a lot of the times Uh he can plan around it. So if there's something that's on the calendar, like three weeks in advance, he knows he needs to be home for, he can work around that when he's scheduling his meetings and client visits and things. And for a long time, I felt really guilty about doing that. And I had a conversation with him about it. And he was like, um, you need to do these things too. So I just put it on the calendar and I'll make sure that I'm here. And so even just like communicating that guilt to him was helpful because he, he kind of helped to ease my That's huge. about it and you know, just put it on the calendar and I'll be there. I'm going to do the things that you need to do. Because I wasn't taking care of myself. Like I wasn't going to the doctor. I wasn't going to the (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, it's very it's very funny because I had the exact same experience. Um, I would put off doing those things. And, you know, just like you said, when you communicate that feeling of guilt and say to your spouse, hey, I'm feeling guilty about going out with a friend or I'm feeling guilty about taking time to go to the dentist. Can you help me deal with this? You know, can you help me to feel better about taking this time and and talking together about that is is hugely helpful because you let them into your emotional experience. And what I found that w- was that he didn't feel like I was neglecting him or mm-hmm. I was putting him out at all. He was like, you you've got to do those things, right? So <laughs> let so me you should do them. make them happen. <laughs> you know, really with self-care, I think that we've covered a lot of ground here. And the biggest message that I think is, is so important is that when you place a value on your own self-care, when you place a value on your own person, you are a better spouse, mom, daughter, father, brother, sister, to everyone in your life because you have chosen to care for you. That pour from an empty cup analogy, right? When you fill your cup up, you have things to pour into other people. Mm-hmm. It makes you a better, everything you just said, spouse, friend, parent. I want to thank you so much for being here today and taking the time out of your schedule to <laughs> talk with me about self-care. Um, pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I was really excited to have this opportunity. Thank you all for joining me for this critical episode on self-care. And I call it critical because it is. If you don't take care of yourself, if you don't find time to fill up your cup, to recharge your battery, you won't have as much available for the people in your life who you care about or for yourself. 
I hope that you are able to use the strategies and techniques we have talked about on this episode today. And I also hope that understanding some of the myths about self-care will help release some of you from the burdens that come along with them. As always, please follow me on Instagram at D-R-R-E-I-H-L, that's at Dr. Real, in order to get some more content and more information about the different skills that I talk about on each episode. Look out this week for part two of our self-care series so that you can see a little bit about what Matt deals with when it comes to self-care from his perspective. Because it's not only about the spouse that stays home or that is not on a very busy schedule or variable hours. It is also about that person who travels or is away or has a variable schedule and how they navigate self-care. So I'm excited for you all to hear part two, which will be uh, available later in the week. Thank you for tuning in to Together Apart with Dr. Christina. For more resources and information, head over to drreal.com. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and join us next time for another episode of Together Apart.